0: to get off of home base when thought it was too dangerous. They said too many people are getting
1: hurt. There were 10 people that were taken off site. A
0: lot of people have been talking about these fires, but it was so much more than that. Podcast 99. Podcast 99 is back. This is our third installment. We are discussing the logistics of the actual Woodstock 99 Festival today. Something we feel is very, very important uh, because if... You need to be able to have it in your head like a map of a video game that you can walk through before we take you through the gates on that first day. Uh, b- before you, you, we get to the music, before we get to the chaos, you, we need to know, hey, what are we going to eat there? What are we going to drink there? What's there to do if we're bored of the music? Uh, where is it? How much is it? These are the things that we're going to cover today. Uh, on our first episode, we we got a little bit into this because we wanted to give you guys kind of like a a, a brief... Kind of description of this stuff, but today we're we're going very deep uh into all that, and uh people out there are probably wondering what makes you three the woodstock ninety nine authorities and I can tell you we have a whole lot of research material that I'm sure not too many other people have gotten their hands on, uh let alone the what like collectively between us, you think it's like like I think that we've actually watched more music from Woodstock ninety nine than someone that actually went. <laughs> like <Yeah>. like <laughs> e- I know, easily. I know <laughs> that
1: my, my year in review on Spotify is gonna be very questionable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're not invited <laughs> yes. to the
2: party <laughs> yeah. anymore,
0: yeah. No, no yeah. one give Josh the uh, the ox cord. <laughs> yeah, because he's not Unless gonna Unless you funny. wanna fucking break stuff. <laughs> yeah Woo-ha! <laughs> 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 Motherfucker. Yeah. Woo <laughs> ha in which case Slide get, in the DM or yeah, something. Yeah, right? yeah, exactly. Yeah, if you want to hear some hot fire music, Josh is your guy. Yeah. Well, we're all your guys because again, like I said, we've watched literally hours and hours and hours of footage, not only of the music itself, because, like we said, you know, before this whole thing was on pay per view, and there is some saint out there that took it upon themselves to upload every single set onto YouTube. Uh, and it'll be our worst nightmare if they get rid of this. Stuff. I'll literally cry. Uh, Yeah. It, <laughs> yeah it, it's, it'll it's, be awful. Yeah. And we all have our favorites too, that, that we've seen and, and unexpected favorites. And so, yeah, we, we definitely are experts, but that's just <laughs> the music. We've also mm-hmm. been through hours and hours of news footage, Uh, everything ranging from praise to, you know, absolute horror to, you know, sensationalist. And, and, yeah, shit. exactly. Yeah. Sensationalism. I mean, we've, Seen it all, and we've also gotten our hands on some kind of what I call artifacts of Woodstock '99. Like uh, one of the ones that just came in was a official staff handbook that was distributed amongst the the hired hands for for those three days, uh, which is amazing. And also, you know, newspapers, local newspapers, and the biggest uh, resource that that we've encountered is something that we here at Podcast '99 call the, the mystery Myth- tape. And uh, only two of three of us have seen that because I am holding it hostage for when Parks finally makes it out to sunny <laughs> yeah, California. It's, it's yeah, that incentive. Yeah, that is his incentive to get down here because I need to see the look on his face in person when he sees what is on this tape. Uh, I, I oh, think yeah. it's going to be... Coming.
2: I'm coming for it.
0: I, I know. <laughs> and, and we'll have it for you. It's already warmed up. It hasn't left the VHS player in, I don't know, three months. <laughs> like. you, could, you could search... <laughs> you, you.
1: Listeners, you could search all day for this stuff online. You're not going to find it. Yeah.
0: (laughs) it's No, it's fucking true. And when I bought it, I bought it from a guy on eBay that said he had a VHS tape uh, from the Rome, New York Sentinel, the Daily Sentinel newspaper. And that's the local newspaper for the town of Rome where Woodstock 99 took place. And the festival took place July 23rd through the 25th, 1999. But there was a pre-show on the 22nd. So this newspaper was the closest on the grounds. And so... What we see on this tape is it's it's a reporter's notebook, okay, and that's how it was advertised. The guy said that was selling it. I don't know what's on this tape. Uh, I've never watched it. It looks like there's about an hour's worth of footage on here. It's in good condition, but I have it. It's probably it makes pretty me good. wonder how he found it or how he had, like I, yeah, I, I don't know because this isn't anything that was it's in for a newspaper. This isn't where for did the you news. buy it from which, eBay, but what state? You remember? Oh shit! I don't know. No, I I don't. I don't want to know where these people are. That (laughs) these kinds of it's bad enough that I'm buying them. I don't want to know who the fuck is selling them. (laughs) But uh, it also it was advertised. You know, good condition will play. You know, most likely. But again, doesn't know what's on it. So I get the tape, and yeah, it says you know reporter's notebook, and. It is basically handheld camera footage from the reporters of from this newspaper just on the grounds of Woodstock 99. And this is not stuff that was filmed to be shown on television. This isn't from a newscast. This is a reporter's notebook. So this was all stuff that they were gonna reference later for their their newspaper. And I have a big old stack of these Daily Sentinels right here and the headlines that they got from their their time there. Read things, yeah. You, you hear, hear that? that sweet, sweet smell of a uh, 20 year old newspaper? Easy. It smells really uh, good. Crinkling it. But, uh, <laughs> bastard, that's precious. It's like Indiana Jones. It belongs in a museum. But, uh, it, but here's the thing the, he- the headlines read things like Orgy of Fire, Three Days of Chaos. I mean, it's like the fucking Hindenburg crashed every day of this festival, is how they reported it. Uh, and, and this, this tape, it it shows you that kind of stuff. Like, there's really simple stuff, just like you know, there's a whole montage where they're filming everyone with tattoos because that's like a big thing at Woodstock '99 that you see in a lot of the like yeah, the official yeah. documentaries. It's like pierced, tattooed, and ready to rock. That that's literally a quote from the DVD. Yeah, people really liked uh, obviously the
1: tribal oh, tribal man. stuff. We, oh, a, tribal we, had had a, we have major. a lot of we have a lot of clown tattoos. Yeah. Very odd.
0: Yeah, lots of words like faith <laughs> and like. <laughs> respect like things like that but there's like a weird montage where yeah like the guy just with his camera is zooming in on different people's tattoos and then there's you know great footage of uh of of who they because there's also title cards right like titles will flash in front of some of these scenes and there's a great one where they dub the mud people the mud nazis and there's a title card that says the mud nazis rain tear during the Offspring. And it's literally footage of just people walking around trying to buy, like, a bottle of water or fine water or shade or just enjoying the grounds. And this, like, army of mud-soaked people from head to toe... Like parade into the center of them, and people are fleeing like it's an orc invasion in Lord yeah, of the Rings. It's, like It looks crazy. It, it, it's like they're running in fear, and you hear a guy off in the distance say, "You better take that shirt off, dude. You get mud on that. It's over." Yeah, he, like, he, yeah, <laughs> you become one of them. They're like the alt right of Woodstock. No, it's fighting. true. You, I, you give it a taste, and that's it. And and you know another big resource for us was the Rolling Stone. Magazine issue that came out about uh, Woodstock '99, and the article is written by a guy named Rob Sheffield, who's a super fucking cool dude. He's been on you know every TV show that I love watching He's about a history. You know. too. yeah, bestseller. I mean, th- this guy's the man, and uh, he describes the mud at at Woodstock '99 and the mud people as almost being like a virus, and you don't know how you caught it. Like it might be from someone pushing past you in the crowd, and they get a little bit on you, or like maybe like you accidentally step in a puddle. But once you have it on you, that's it. Like, you're dirty for the rest of your time there. Uh, but I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. We're, we're very excited about the mud Nazis. Uh, <laughs> but... So, getting back to the festival itself, when it was held and all that, a ticket for Woodstock 99 was about 150 bucks plus service fees, and they were being advertised everywhere. Every record store in the country, every fucking, you know, cool video store, everyone had a poster for Woodstock 99. It was a major, major deal. And the tickets, yeah, 150 bucks, which is about 250 now, give or take, maybe a, a little bit more now, but, you know... The premier festivals of today, like Coachella and stuff, that's, I mean, that's about half what what tickets go for. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah. And, and you don't get corn and lint biscuit with today's festivals. So, you know, where's all that <laughs> money going? <laughs> um, and, and, you know, the demographic, and we talked about this earlier in, in our first episode, but the demographic of the people coming to Woodstock 99 were not, you know, peace, loving music hippies and they weren't the cool alternative rock kids of, of 94 these were as described by Rob in, in that Rolling Stone uh, article as the bullies this was a festival for bullies this was the this was the rich kids this was the menendez brothers this, this <laughs> yeah. was the, the 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 bad boys and the music was for bullies too for the most part you know it, 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 you, you had really really aggressive bands where you know again like the biggest corn fan in the world that has like the bunny ear braids in the front and stuff they're not going to Woodstock 99 they're going to go to a corn concert the guys that are going to come to see corn at Woodstock 99 and fuck shit up are the people that would fuck up the corn fan back at school you know what I mean like it it was a bully yeah bros but I mean when you have a group of you know hundreds of thousands of people it's hard to generalize everyone of course there was people there to have a good time of course a lot of people did have a good time but what it's best remembered for are the assholes and and the knuckleheads as, as my dad would would call them <laughs> um, and it was put on by, you know, John Sher, Michael Lang, Joel Roseman, and John Roberts. So you have the 94 crew in full effect. But Sher and Lang were really the, the top dogs of the yeah, whole thing. Yeah. It's like a mom and dad.
1: Sure. Yeah. And John John Sher is actually one of the biggest promoters in rock music history. Um, I mean, he started at like the age of 19. And, He's been uh, doing it a while. Long time, and, and by his junior year of college, he was actually making more money booking shows than his own dad was making at, at, at whatever he was. <laughs> doing. Rock and roll uh, will yeah. never
0: will never get you a job. Take bond. that, Dad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, suck my money.
1: But he worked with people like the Stones and the Who and Bruce Springsteen, and you know, uh, at one point the the Fillmore East actually closes in New York City, and uh, he starts booking at this place called the Capitol theater in Passaic, New Jersey. Um, his whole mentality was like instead of trying to compete in, like, the New York marketplace, like, I'm just going to go to New Jersey and try to make this a, a big stop on American tours for right. big touring bands like Bruce Springsteen or fucking Led Zeppelin or whoever like it that, is. You yeah, know? Yeah, it's yeah. like if
0: you blow it all in Vegas, well, you got to go to Atlantic City, and yeah, once that yeah. fucks you over, you go down to New Orleans, and that's pretty much it. <laughs> yeah, but be- yeah,
1: but before that, the Pacific, or the uh, the the Capitol Theater was actually known, it was like a vaudevillian-themed theater, uh, 3500 capacity theater known for uh showing like porn movies at the time so when he came in and started doing his thing um it definitely leaned more towards like a big rock venue and he actually did that for the next 18 years after that
0: yeah so he's you know he's the man and again you know they had just come off of 94 where you know like like parks was saying uh before you know in the, in the last episode that it's like this mentality of well fuck man like we can we can do this right. Like we don't have to lose money every time we do this. So John share really takes the reins on this one, and he's like, you know what, Woodstock '99 is gonna be kind of, like that's my festival now. You know what I mean? And he's like, like you know, Lang is there, and, and Roseman and Roberts are are supporting it financially. You know, from the office offsite, like they always do. But John share really <laughs> really kind of took over. Um, and it was held at, in Rome, New York at Griffiths Park, a.k.a. Griffiths Air Force Base, a.k.a. Griffiths Technology Park. I mean, it has so many different names that it's gone by throughout the years. And that's because the place has a very kind of tumultuous past. Uh, it, it was, you know, obviously a, a military air base uh, th- throughout many of the wars. Uh, there's decommissioned military planes that are stored there, but at one time it was a toxic waste dump. That's where they that's where they stored hazardous waste, uh, so much to the point that in 1984 the whole site was uh, put on the national priorities list because of the amount of poisonous chemicals or chemicals, the amount of poisonous chemicals. I've had a few myself today uh, that were found in the <laughs> soil, <laughs> you know. So, so like that. It's, why do you want to throw fucking Woodstock there? Let alone any concert, like a corn concert on like a fucking yeah. toxic waste dump. Sure, but it's Woodstock. That's right. the one thing that people forget when when they're when they're talking about Woodstock '99. They keep going back to who actually played, and they keep forgetting that no, this is the, this is like the 20 year old version of of fucking you know, uh, like the 30 year old version of this monster that was created way back in the '60s. You know what I mean? It, it's bigger than just the bands.
2: Right, but you don't really want like the the location is important you know like you're going to go to a music festival in 3 days some trees would be nice you know some green grass just anything to kind of lighten the mood but you're talking about a toxic waste dump site <laughs> That's not a good start. Yeah, but even after after the whole thing was said and done,
1: uh, it was actually like ranked like a three out of five disaster uh, by the emergency management officials. So so they
0: went to a fucked up place and made it worse. This is like a haunted. <laughs> yeah, it's like. <laughs> it's like is <laughs> it on Indian burial ground? Like what
1: the fuck? Yeah. is like, what, what's Yeah, the
0: problem. There's ghosts walking around and the fucking toilets are spewing blood and the you know yeah no all, all that shit and I'm sure there was you know. I mean, well, we'll get into all the violence <laughs> and and shit that supposedly happened. Uh, as we get more and more into 99, we found ourselves that it's it wasn't as bad as, as young us, you know, thought when, when we were growing up, you know, getting into this stuff and started reading into it more. I mean, it's bad for sure. Like, no doubt about that. But it's it wasn't like a fucking right. bloodbath, you, you know. Um but meanwhile it probably felt like that while you were there because the temperatures were in the triple digits uh, you know getting up to about 102 yeah, degrees on, on some of the days during the peak of the day there was four total stages technically three but one w- one did like a double duty uh, there was the east stage which is the main stage that's the biggest one That that's the main event one then there's the west stage which is a little smaller um, and those are about a mile mile and a half apart from each other and you got a trek over asphalt and fucking tarmac which is that shit that stinks really bad when you go to the state fair like and you're like god damn i'm so glad they don't make regular roads out of this stuff but that's what it is it's like a spongy yeah.
1: concrete or something yeah it's, it's really softer weird. it's for
0: runways and things like that and and it it reeks it really hard in the fucking in the heat right um and again yeah everything's so far apart the other stage was in a hangar it was the only indoor stage and it was the emerging artist stage and each day they would be sponsored by something different like i believe what one or, or, or two of the days it was sponsored by like amp3.com or like amp mp3.com. <laughs> However, you pronounce that—that that cool '90s, like where they thought MP3s were going to save music, so they really pushed for it, and then it totally fucked everyone over. <laughs> like that—that's—that's that's what they were pushing. That's what was sponsoring that emerging artist stage at nighttime when the main stage ended and the headliner was completely done. That stage was then used as like a rave tent, uh, where it would go all night, generally until the sun came up. Um, and from the get-go, and, and we talk about this a lot. But from the get-go, the whole thing seemed like a big money grab. Uh, there was a lot of bands that didn't want to be involved. Like, Smashing Pumpkins were approached to headline. They wanted nothing to do with it. They thought it was going to be you know, a huge commercial blown-out thing. I mean, it kind of was. Um, but, you know, and, and that goes that's shown in all the merch and, and, and everything else, let alone how much food and that stuff goes. I feel like,
1: didn't Tom Morello say the same thing? But yeah, I'm surprised sorta. that Rage Against the
0: Machine yeah, of all bands I mean, played... You know? Yeah. But.
2: Well, that's. I mean, that's my favorite thing to think about Rage Against the Machine in the late 90s, because a lot of decisions they were making sort of start to go against their whole credo, but uh, we can get into that later as well. They did burn an American flag, so they're still. Yeah, they're still raging against the establishment, but they were probably making it at least a hundred thousand dollars for this show.
0: Yeah, no, no, definitely.
2: So, so go figure. Go figure.
0: Yeah, that's. That, well, we that. were
1: talking in the last episode about how the the gathering is like this, or the the next gathering is called Whoopstock. Like, right? Uh, didn't the gathering start because of
2: Woodstock '99 to some degree? Like, uh, it, no, it did. It did because ICP. So, okay, ICP made $100,000 for their performance at Woodstock. So it's it's entirely possible that Rage Against the Machine made way more money than that. Um, but, yeah, it was through the money that they made at Woodstock that they were able to get the funds to start the gathering of the Juggalos. Wow. Um, yeah. but Which, I it mean, there's
0: been so many more of those than Woodstocks
2: it's true well uh the the wicked clowns have their shit together <laughs> yeah. um but I, I will say that that is a good way to tie this back because i mean you're talking about the promoters share they're trying to make money and they're shelling out a hundred thousand dollars for icp you still got two guys, rage against yeah. the machine limp biscuit corn willie nelson you have all these people that if if ICP is getting 100 grand, yeah, they like, the, are making yeah, at least as much. Too. Exactly. So that the amount of money that they're get. sinking into these acts has to be an insane amount of money. Well, they so have that that they're they're they're, to make So that is why they're trying to make Because they show.
0: bought like half as many toilets as they fucking needed. Like, you know what I mean? They're just like, who do people want more? Right. Toilets or ICP? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> that's kind of like their mentality. Yeah, like, do you want real shit or do you want. Fake shit. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to actually shit on yourself? <laughs> yeah, or do you want to see some good shit? Uh, but also, you know, the the merch that came out initially, like I said, there was a huge advertising push for this festival uh, from its start, and I mean that was seen in in. Merchandise like a, a Woodstock ninety nine Mastercard that you could apply for, like holy fucking shit. Uh, also, like calling cards because there was a, there was a lot of you know payphone booths and and, and stuff there uh, on the grounds and phone bays. So they would have like specific phone cards that you had to use uh, in their things if you if you didn't want to spend your coins on on the phones. Uh, that uh, along with like a lanyard being sold for about fourteen bucks, which is like closer to twenty five now. You know what I mean, and just like e- yeah, our very our very own
1: Gray Holger has his yeah Woodstock yes, like '99 lanyard. Yeah, he, he's, he's like, not wearing it right now,
0: but yeah, <laughs> we we've all we all started this trying to wear Woodstock merch for every uh, episode, and like slowly, that's kind of yeah, we're not. Yeah, I'm not gonna do that. You're right. wearing you're wearing a Taylor Swift <laughs> shirt. I have, I have no yeah. merch,
2: but yeah, wait, I, gotta, <laughs> I do want to say about the Mastercard because that's another thing with festivals now is you put your money on your wristband. And that's a that's a very common you have an electronic wristband. Right. And that's like a super common thing. So again, it's like all these things are kind of like innovative, but they just weren't really fully formed. Yeah, the times maybe. Yeah, they
0: were like I mean, the first people to do anything are gonna fuck it up, <laughs> you know, most of the yeah. time. Uh, but Yeah, like the first batch of chocolate chip cookies weren't perfect. Yeah, and I'm sure the first glass of milk someone <laughs> drank fucking sucked too. Uh, you know what I mean, Jesus Christ. Uh, but, you know, also, so, so they. <laughs> yeah, big milk drinkers over here. Uh nah, So, uh, I... just, just like 94. Soy milk. They, they fucking. <laughs> They they prohibit outside food and drinks. Although there is a major campsite there, uh, the campsite is going to host most of the people that are coming to the festival while while they stay there. Uh, I'm talking that that's at least a hundred thousand people camping without rhyme or reason. Uh, as the festival goes on, the, the campsite overflows and you start seeing tents and things being pitched on the festival grounds. Like you just walk out of your tent and like there's the there's the stage, you know, like a, a football field away from you. Like it. it just totally yeah. spilled over, um, but even those people weren't allowed to bring their own shit in, uh, and and so they, they set up like yeah. a free water resource in the campsite and then one on the grounds. But uh, in Spin magazine, the the, the coverage of Woodstock '99, the retrospect of it, they say that the line could take anywhere from one and a half to three hours to to be able to fill up your water bottle at that thing. You know, so it's just Jesus. completely impractical. Um, and That's then, crazy. you know, and, and a lot of that stuff is due to the, the gate crashers and, and they also oversold the tickets a lot. Cause they're like, well, shit, more people still want to buy them. We have this huge fucking venue. I mean, you know, Woodstock, we're used to, you know, 350,000 people being here. That was at the last one. Remember the first one laying like there was half a million people there. Fuck it. So they would like they, they oversold a little bit on purpose, but thinking they had it under control again, not realizing how many fucking people were going to sneak in because it's Woodstock. You know what I mean? Like, they, yeah, they don't advertise the it as a big concert or something that you'll ever be able to go to again. It's fucking Woodstock. You know what I mean? It's a it's a whole another deal. And that's how they were advertising it this time. And that is what brought the attention of, like, the yuppies and the rich bullies and that kind of people because you start seeing, like, well, dude, like, you know about hippies, right? <laughs> like, and, and and then they go yeah. expecting something and, and they'll take it by all means. Um, but what do you do when you have that many fucking people, they got to go to the bathroom somewhere. They're camping there. They need showers. So th- they installed a whole rack of, you know, shower units in the campgrounds and portable toilets were placed everywhere throughout the venue. But it's reported that the amount of toilets installed only lasted the first day. Yeah, yeah. Uh, by by the by the second day, when people start coming <sighs> in the festivals, the toilet that they saw at the end of the night completely overflowing, and they were like, "Holy shit, look at that toilet! Still like that, and they're all still like that." So and, and that's then, where
2: the mud came from.
0: Yeah, actually, well, yeah. exactly. And then that's, so many people that smell, that <laughs> smell. Well, and that's Take something that, that
2: you, and multiply it by hundred degrees.
0: Oh, my God. You know? Yeah, with tarmac added in. it's It smells awesome, actually. But you know what? You were talking about
1: innovation earlier. I feel like a Slipknot, at their festival, they actually bring in, like, large, like, drums filled with, like, goat shit or, like, cow shit because they want people <laughs> yeah. to, like, not forget that. Mo- they're, like... Smell is like the first scent, like attached to memory, or so. Like, so they burn. So we want you to. They burn right. shit at their festival, so
0: it purposely smells bad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure a Slipknot festival doesn't have problems with smelling bad without the goat shit. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> I'm just gonna say, like, dude, I'm all juggalo, dude. Fuck Ooh. maggots. I mean, Slipknot's a great band, but like, if, magg- I have, if I'm on a desert island, I can only take one. I'm grabbing fucking man great that, first, that, that self-titled album, though slaps no, it's a, hard. dude, hard. No, they all slap <laughs> fucking hard. It's Slipknot, dude, but I don't need them burning goat shit in my face. Uh, so, you know, also the shower racks that they had at, at Woodstock 99, those break down like day two as well. So the, the piping that they had installed for these makeshift showers starts spilling out and that is what creates the majority of the mud. Yeah, but yeah. But that is being mixed in this fucked up cocktail with all the shit and piss that's coming out of the porta-potties. So it's toxic. But just like at any other festival, you see people swimming around in this and like rubbing it in their hair. And they're like, no, we're mud guys now. Like, let's fucking throw mud. And it's feces, you know. And anyone you talk to, (laughs) and and we've talked to a couple now that that were actually there, they all mentioned the smell of the place. Yeah, That's like one, like, I've met a bartender, and and, and she told me that she went. And I was like, oh, my God, tell me everything. She's like, oh, I had to stay in a hotel that sucked, and it smelled like shit. And that's, like, all she had to say about it. But she included the yeah. smell, like that's like what stood out to her. It's the Slipknot mentality, I yeah. guess. Yeah. Well, actually, I, I met I met the, fir- the my
1: first person who actually went to Woodstock about a week and a half ago, and I was like blown away.
0: Yeah. <laughs> no, it's great. It's like you. It's I like couldn't a, believe that veteran. I was talking to someone that went. It was bizarre. Yeah. <laughs> and it was random. I was, uh, yeah, I was about to, uh, crazy. compare the first time I ever met, uh, the first and only time I ever met a uh, survivor of a death camp, uh, to meeting someone that went to Woodstock 99, but I'm not going to, cause that would be
2: inappropriate.
0: <laughs> uh, so yeah, the, the, sh- the, the showers and, and, ev- and everything else are, are overflowing. That's happening day two. Okay. Uh, water is like a major part of the Woodstock 99 mythos, uh, It's almost like some Mad Mm. Max shit. Like water runs out. Like I said, the free water things, I mean, that's hours of waiting in line in the sun, just totally exposed. Uh, Water ended up being sold for $4 a bottle. That nowadays is like $6. I just went to like a huge major fucking festival and a bottle of water was $2, but there was free water places to fill them up everywhere. Everywhere, yeah. yeah, you know what I mean, and there was like tons and tons water. of toilets. You need water to fucking live, and and there was tons of toilets. And not only was there porta potties, but there was like these exclusive, fucking air conditioned trailer toilets at the very end. Like if you could, if you could just hold it till you get to the end of the porta potty row, there was like a, a secret clubhouse toilet that was like saved my life. You know what I mean? So it's far cry from Woodstock '99's uh, sanitation. Um, and speaking of sanitation, the garbage. You know, we talked about garbage in in 94. We talked about garbage in 69. That's a major Woodstock trend is just like so much trash, so much shit left behind. And at at 99, uh, they they came up with all sorts of weird roundabout ways to handle these problems. Um, For the trash, they hired like a couple hundred teenagers, local teenagers from Rome. They're like, hey, summer job, like cool three days, you know, you'll work like... 12 hours a day and and blah 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 and you just pick up trash well they weren't given free water either uh according to reports so they mostly quit and uh i'm going to read a little expert excerpt right now from the uh the employee staff handbook where they specifically address the issue of uh trash collection here so this is uh from the official woodstock 99 staff handbook in regards to garbage Even though Griffith's AFB Air Force Base is decommissioned, there are still secure Department of Defense operations on the base that are off-limits to all Woodstock personnel. Know where you're going and the predetermined route to get there. Have the necessary credentials. Stay in assigned areas and observe all checkpoints and warning signs for your continued health and safety. The other major issue is site cleanup and restoration. We have a very tight window for site restoration, so it is imperative that we stay on top of cleanup from the get-go. This means that all trash, cigarette butts, and the like are to be disposed of in the proper manner. No exceptions. Yeah, that did (laughs) not fucking happen at all. Like, A, A, they all quit. B, there's, in the mystery tape, and, 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 We'll give you bits of that later on uh, in the series, but th- there's there's a great part where there's a press conference because they held press conferences before and after every day with, with John Sharon, Michael Lang, and a lot of the other promoters, and it was just kind of like a recap for all the reporters and everything because this was, again, one of the biggest media events of the decade, uh, let alone the year. So every fucking newspaper, music magazine regular magazine uh the whole thing was on pay-per-view every news channel everyone was there so they would do these press conferences and when it gets to the end of day two when the place is just completely fucking trashed and there's like thousands of pizza boxes and paper plates and everything flying around the place uh you don't see that many water bottles though because they were so goddamn expensive no one was buying them um but this guy who, who I guess was a townsperson you know from Rome, he, he, he gets on John Sher's case and he goes, "What's with the grounds here? Like why is it so filthy? Uh, I run a, a sanitation company and we clean up a football stadium that has you know 50,000 people there at night and it looks brand new by the next day. And John Sheer just like trumps him, just like completely <laughs> shuts him down. He's like, "Listen, you think you could be better you think you could do a better job. I think my guys are doing a bang-up job here. If you think you could do better, bring them down. I'll pay him a hundred dollars a day. hell. I'll pay him $1,000 a day if you think they could do better. And then everyone just gets up and starts clapping for John Cher, like total fucking just like Trump moment. But none of that's true.
1: Yeah, but he even even said that he thought they were overstaffed security-wise at one point. Well, yeah, security, sanitation,
0: all that. He thought that they had too much, but that's all just bullshit because he didn't want anyone to think that that one was going to go the way, A, that it did, and B, the way that the other ones went. You know what I mean? Like that—that—that's where that comes from, uh, and you know, how do you keep out all these people that are sneaking in that are causing all these shortages and trash problems? Well, you build the wall, and that's like kind of another John shared Trump link. Is—is is this? wall that, that like he's like insists on building so they, they put up a chain link fence around the perimeter of this airbase, and then they put up plywood boards uh, all the way around it right and then they have local kids and school groups and artists and and you know people from rome come and paint on them and, and that was like the the decor and that's something that you'll see a lot on like the grounds of woodstock 99 are like really shitty setups painted by a shitty artist to make it look better like like the the main <laughs> right. stage is like so shoddy and it's like curtains hung that are like just prints of like a fucking five year old's drawing you know what I mean like it's it's right. out of control um, and that wall uh it, it was you know it was only reinforced by by metal poles and eventually yeah p- people started pulling them down because the mud got so bad that they used them to create pathways that they could walk onto the restrooms or to and from the campsites and they were, you'd see people in single file lines on these pieces of plywood uh i recently found a piece of that wall on ebay <laughs> and i really wanted to get it but uh the guy was charging uh two thousand five hundred dollars for it <laughs> so I, I opted out
2: well he knows one. his worth
0: yeah <laughs> true he's like this is a part of history man yeah Fuck you. it's about
1: as much as like a used honda
0: yeah <laughs> <laughs> and if i had the choice it's probably worth more than my van yeah <laughs> dude maybe we could let's just trade in your car for this piece of the woodstock wall and then i'll be happy
2: i'll drive out more
0: maybe yeah <laughs> or
2: we'll just i'll drive out there it'll be the last ride <laughs>
0: actually yeah no actually yeah our our tech guy great uh a rare chime in what we're going to do here is the here is the podcast 99 plan we are going to raise two thousand five hundred dollars to buy this this wall we are going to make woodstock 99 such a legend again that it will raise in value to ten thousand dollars and then fifty thousand then we will give that money to fred durst so he will be on our show that (laughs) that is our new business model (laughs) so
2: uh help us in the next six months
0: Within the next (laughs) six months, please. Yeah, if you can. Donate. Yeah, yeah, donate, all that shit. So getting back to it, the security there that was now in place to, to, you know, make sure no one's climbing over the wall or tear it down, which they didn't do, uh, they were dubbed the Peace Patrol. And these were all, you know, hired guns just for the day. There was a definite police presence uh, on the grounds, but the Peace Patrol is who you see. And they were, you know very understaffed as well uh there was a day where only a couple hundred of them showed up when there was supposed to be over a thousand and that's because they would come they would get in with their shirts or their credentials and then they'd strip of all that stuff and then just go have fun at woodstock yeah yeah like, hey, free pass fuck it you know yeah but i'm sure being
1: like hey man don't do that fuck you that yeah, probably no, didn't help yeah. either <laughs> well i mean dude, you see the kind of
0: people i mean i'm not again not to generalize a huge group of people but i mean oftentimes at these major festivals the guy doing security like you know they don't really give that big of a fuck. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, they're just there for a couple days. Like, they really don't give that big of a shit. Uh, but you'll see Peace Patrol shirts and, and Peace Patrol members in every pay-per-view feed that you watch. They're the guys in the yellow shirts right at the fucking top of, uh, of the stage, right, right up front. Uh, they're usually seen with disposable cameras in hand taking pictures of the topless women, uh, which I'm sure wasn't, you know, on their list of things they were supposed to be doing. <laughs> but, but, but they did. Uh, and so... Like I said, everything was on pay-per-view uh, d- despite, you know, the actions of, of the crowd, which they really do a good job not showing you too much of, of the bad stuff on these mainstream, you know, outlets like MTV and stuff like loosely kind of covered that bad things were happening. The pay-per-view stuff does not show any of that. Uh, and you basically have to watch yeah. old, you know, episodes of the news and things like that, like from from that area to see the stuff or the mystery tape because in the mystery tape you see everything from people setting fires to breaking into an ATM to, you know, I mean, just crazy. Yeah, but shit. you also
1: see the people that actually went there to cover it, like in like a little gr- like group therapy session, almost talking about like what they're seeing every yeah. single day. Uh, yeah. Again, yeah.
0: on this tape where we're getting a lot of this like preliminary uh, information, uh, all the reporters, there's, there's scenes cut in where they're all sitting around a table, like in, yeah, like a therapeutic session where they're kind of like, just talking about the things that they saw and like, Oh my God. And, and the people were peeing outside of the porta potties and, and they, they're all joining in these fires and the mud and blah, blah. blah. And it's like, it's like almost like they have PTSD from this thing. (laughs) Um, but you know, it, it, again, you know, with all the crazy music and all that shit that's going on, there was so much else to do at Woodstock 99. Like for instance, if the pit was too much, you wanted to like, you know, Relax a little bit. You could go check out the skate park or maybe the fucking dirt BMX track that they had there. Or you could get your body painted or get a henna tattoo or they had carnival games there that you would see like at any state fair. Yeah. Uh, they they had a, a latex lounge too. Well, I know they also
1: in the mystery tape they were talking about how they had these these things like that they set up like the skate park and this BMX track, <laughs> but what they didn't tell these people that were partaking is that they actually had to pay more money to do these things.
0: <laughs> right yeah no so which you, goes
1: back to the uh, money grab even more is like you have you know yeah. it's like oh we'll have a free skate park and a free bmx course and then john shares is probably like well, well why does it have to be free
0: yeah exactly you so know? you show yeah. up to fucking this three-day concert with your bmx bike like against all odds you had to like worry about locking that shit up or carrying it through the mud and blah 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 and then you got to pay like Basically, five or what, like.
1: Yeah, some dick cheese is like 10
0: bucks. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and then you gotta fucking pay that. (laughs) But in this tape, you see people at that skate park, like deep into the night like the headliners are are playing and these guys these losers are still just like pushing around the skate they're not losers no no they're not losers no no, (laughs) sorry no they're soul skaters yeah Uh, yeah and, and and they're badass uh but like yeah so there's there's that shit going on and every yeah everything costs money uh except for this thing called the latex lounge where it was free condoms and that's like a safe sex thing there was tons of safe sex vendor booths there uh you know, I heard some random guy in 7-Eleven say it the other day. I couldn't have said it better myself. Condoms are so 90s, like <laughs> is, is what this guy said. And yeah, it was a huge thing. I mean, like every you know, young person thing was all about safe sex. Imagine the, getting the wrong idea what the
1: latex lounge, lounge was. Like, you show up in your fucking BDSM <laughs> gear. Mask, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, oh, sorry, dude, we're, we're promoting safe sex here. Yeah, they're like, here's a car. But it's like, for what? I'm just trying
0: to have people fucking suck the air out of my suit. You know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, definitely. So, and then, you know, and the, also, like, we've seen footage of, like, you know, activist stands where they're selling, you know, bumper stickers with all the popular anti government. Sayings And, you know, Columbine had just happened a couple months before this festival, so there's a lot of anti-gun violence stands there. Uh, we saw one, it was called Red Hot, and it was like, we're selling, like, mixed CDs of the hottest Latin artists, and it all goes to AIDS awareness charities. Wasn't there an Ace Hardware two yeah <laughs> this is the biggest one there was an ace. A- yeah no i'm telling you there's an ace hardware set up like a fucking mecca booth where they're selling everything from disposable cameras which again were hugely popular especially after that couple hours of the first day when all these douchebags realized that the chicks were going to be taking their tops off or there's going to be naked people walking around Everyone's buying disposable cameras, but they also had like glow sticks, flashlights, fucking Coleman burners, like anything that you could possibly need to survive a camping trip, let alone like three days in a totally unforgiving environment. They sold water by the gallon there, which was uh, I believe they were charging $10 for that. Uh, But in retrospect, I mean, compared to a $4 regular bottle, it's kind of a better deal to go for the $10 gallon. Um, but yeah, I mean, they sold Shout all kinds Ace of hardware. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Ace hardware, you know, they, they, uh, they're saving lives at Woodstock 99. Maybe they were like selling hammers that they used to pull that plywood down. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Hey, we need tools. <laughs> These gates are too hard to break Light down. <laughs> Gasoline. No, yeah. Oh, yeah. Totally. Oh, they definitely had lighters. You know that shit. Uh, so yeah. then, you know, what are these people going to eat? Well, it's very hard to find information about the actual food and drink that they had at Woodstock 99. It's not something that a lot of people talk about, minus the fact that they didn't have much of it. Uh, so in this tape that we were lucky enough to get along with some of these newspapers and the news footage that we've seen, we've seen glimpses into the food area, and it really resembles something more like, like what you'd see at, again, like a state fair where it's like, you know, a tower of curly fries or fucking, you know, corn dogs, like not like, like nowadays you go to a festival, right. And it's like premier shit. Like there's like great food trucks. It's like, I, like uh, the one I just went to, had this gigantic barbecue tent where it had 20 barbecue stands from different places in the country, you know, and it was super nice. And like, that's not what you see at Woodstock 99. What you see is a sign that literally just says chicken, Dude, I'm hungry. Like, what do you want? I I don't know. They got pizza and chicken. Like, so like, and those are your options. One one literally just says potatoes. You know what I mean? So your options are very limited, and it's yeah, and it's all super expensive. You know, you're talking ten, twelve dollars for a pizza back then. You know, you're talking you know what what was it? It uh, Six bucks for a hot dog. And these are not like when I say for a pizza, I don't mean like a pizza that you share. I mean a personal pizza. Um, where, you know, Josh pointed out to me that I'm sure a lot of these paper plates and pizza boxes were later used as toilet paper when all of the uh, toilets (laughs) were overflowed and you couldn't enter them. Like, you know that, yeah, you saw a guy wipe his ass with a paper plate at some point uh, during your time there. (laughs) But yeah, so... Safe bet. Another thing that we know for sure is the official beer sponsor was Budweiser. You see tons and tons of videos of, of literally people pouring people beer where it's like, half foam, here you go, that'll be 40 bucks. Like, you know, it's just, like, yeah. out of control. We or saw it's like lemonade where they just dump, like, a scoop of fucking sugar into, like... Two full <laughs> cups of sugar. It, it's, it, and then you drink that and you're in the heat and you just, like, soak... You look like a mummy by the time you fucking go home. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, it's like, but that that's what the food was like. And there's also a great scene in the tape... Uh, the mystery tape where th- there's also like you know some new age food, but very served very shitty. It's like oh you can get falafel, falafel here, yeah, yeah. But it's again paper plate like just a mound of shit on your plate, and it's too much money and it sucks. And there's this guy sitting on the grass, <laughs> yeah, like he's like picking at it, so disappointed, like <laughs> like just doesn't even know what to make of it. Yeah, he's like this isn't a meatball. yeah completely no completely and the girlfriend's like it's good just eat it like you know what i mean like yeah it's it's fucked uh and yeah again the prices were completely fucking extravagant you didn't get what you paid for and then you had you know going back to the vendors you like there's a great interview on one of the news uh news specials that we saw where it's a company that made like summer fashion so they had like bucket hats and cargo shorts and fucking spaghetti st- shit people don't wear now you know what i mean and uh they got out with all their money like c- towards the end of it because this news crew follows them on their journey through woodstock 99 so they get there they're so excited they have their lucky couch with them that they brought like they, they were lucky to get out of there alive let, let alone like without their ship but these vendors made tons and tons and tons of money before the looting you know what I mean? We're yeah. talking. Some of these vendors mm-hmm. made made upwards of fifty thousand dollars in a couple days.
1: Is that true? Uh,
0: yeah, th- those dude. Those wow. the cargo pants company versus, made like thirty two thousand yeah, dollars. You know that there was more popularity. Yeah, and like that.
1: I think that I feel like they're I feel like they're they're they had to pay like what like five hundred bucks to have like a yeah. You paid
0: five hundred dollars about uh, yeah. you know r- r- that time money for for your spot. Yeah. You know? And, uh, but again, that doesn't include fucking, you know, it's not like, okay, like, and then here's your water spigot. Like, it's like, nope, like, now you're in it with the rest of the fucking animals, you know? Yeah. Uh, So there's that, but outside of the gates, and this is something that I didn't consider until recently the town of, of Rome, New York, it is completely overrun. By young people and people in general coming to this festival. And I'd never really thought about that because I've always been so concerned about what was going on inside that I, like it never dawned on me that not everyone there camped. You know, there was there was hotels there that were being rent out. There was tons and tons of media folk. You know, they weren't camping out. You know what I mean? So I I, I dug deep and I got some of these local papers from the weeks leading up. To, to the festival and they were ready like, because they knew that Woodstock was a much bigger thing than just a normal concert. So that they were preparing with, you know, specials on the diner menu and fucking loading up on certain things that they like sunscreen and, you know, bottled water shit that they didn't know they weren't going to be allowed to take in, but that's what they're stocking up on. Uh, and then also in one of the newspapers, there's a schedule for the week leading up to, uh, to, to Woodstock 99, which, which, which is amazing. I'm actually going to read a, a couple little events that are happening within the town, just like the small town, just for the townsfolk, like leading up to this huge, you know, monumental cultural event, no big deal, that's happening at the the end of the month. Uh, So let me uh, grab that really quick. All right, so I have in my hands the Daily Sentinel from Rome, New York, dated... July 14th, 1999. So leading up to it, they have a little schedule of uh, fun activities in town. You know, you can bring your kids to it if you want to get a little more involved in the Woodstock spirit. Uh, That Thursday, you know, a a week and a half before, they had a a business after hours event for, you know, the Chamber of Commerce and and people. and And basically, it was a tour for local business people. Uh, to, to get to go around the site of the concert. So so they would take them around and be like, yeah, this is the Air Force base, and we were a toxic waste dump, and now Woodstock's here. And then, <laughs> you know, a- after that, then there was a community tour where townspeople could go and walk the festival grounds, and they were going to be shown, like, the big mural, and they were going to be shown the stage and, and all that stuff. And then uh, Saturday, they got they had a real, you know, ring-ding-dinger. They had a Rome <laughs> stock from 6 to 10 p.m. at the bandshell at Franklin's Field off Black River Boulevard. And uh, there will be... Five local musical acts. They claim uh, these band names are awesome: Fluid, uh, Torch, oh my God. Uh, not to be confused with the torch nowadays. Uh, Jimmy James, Deborah Trianes, and Essence Nubia, and they are Ooh. you know they performed uh, what, what's described. Oh. Yeah, no, that's like a deep name, and they were described as a uh, you know. Different musical styles, everything from classic R&B to rock and roll. Yeah, alternative rock. Basically all the genres of music. Uh, And then (laughs) Sunday, they held a contest. What would you do for two tickets to Woodstock? Uh, And then it's, a, you know, although the final details are still being worked out for what officials called this zany event, they said it's never too soon to start planning your wacky strategy to earn two free tickets to Woodstock. And that, like, puts in my head, like, a Jack Ugh. Dawson, like, Titanic fucking, like, like, some guy gambling for, like, his two fucking Woodstock <laughs> tickets, and he, like, wins them against all odds, and then he gets there, and it fucking turns into a riot, just like Jack and the Titanic, because the shit fucking sinks. <laughs> God damn (laughs) Got it. Fuck, man. And then oh oh this is a good one. Monday, take a trip to Woodstock Beach. During Utica Monday night festivities, area artists who have been hard at work on the festival's Peace Mural will share their unique artistic vision at the Utica Monday night, a weekly community get together in downtown Utica. I don't I'm probably not saying that right, but I mean who fucking has heard of that place? Uh and then You know, Tuesday, that they got a a, a local for local folks doing impersonations of uh, their favorite Woodstock past performers. That sounds awesome. I would go up there in fucking mud and do fucking nine inch nails and freak out all the squares. And they'd be like, no, we meant the original one. Uh, And then down here, uh, we have I would go up there and flare around like a fish, like Joe Cocker. Oh, yeah, Cocker's a good (laughs) one. Remember that footage? Yeah, yeah, Cocker's a good (laughs) one. Wonder your sweet song, man. Uh, so th- there's also on this newspaper on the front page there- there's a little blurb where it's basically just says you know what it takes to put on the show and it's a couple quick facts uh, <laughs> this-, this this is pretty crazy the wall 2008 2008- 650 gallons of latex enamel paint will be used to complete the wall. It's considered the longest mural in the world. So that security wall that everyone tore apart had fucking broken a world record and they fucking tore it (laughs) apart. Uh, the suppliers, 4,000 air mattresses, 3,000 twin mattresses and 3,000 bunky beds. It's, it's written here and 4,000 mattress pads were brought in. Uh, and the campsite it says was 245 park like acres with grass, trees and roadways and paths. Um, Also, 17 million watts of power will be distributed through approximately 50 miles of main cable for this festival. Jeez. Yeah, that's pretty good. So the whole town is on board, you know what I mean? And everyone's, like, curious about this shit, and they're ready to go, and then they start coming in and the townspeople are coming in and they're coming in because the Thursday before the Friday that the festival starts on, there's a pre-show and that pre-show is also George Clinton's birthday party that everyone at the festival is invited to. And that is where we're going to start next time. Podcast 99 is made possible and brought to you by Beyond Hope Studios. We would also like to give a special thanks to Toby Black for being our research assistant behind the scenes, as well as Gray Holger at Contradict Sound for all of his technical assistance. If you know anyone, or you yourself went to Woodstock 99, know someone that played Woodstock 99, or worked at Woodstock 99, please contact us at podcast99official at gmail.com, Or you could follow us on Instagram at Podcast 99. Thank you, and we'll see you at Woodstock.